Demon Slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? <laughs> to which the answer to that question is every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, exactly, give or take a day, um, 20 years after its original air date. Wow, that was a mess, but whatever. Um, okay, cool. So I'm feeling kind of uninspired with this particular episode because it frankly, was not that great. Like, the idea of it was good. So this is the episode where we meet, um, you know, kind of goth chick Cassie, who says that she's going to die next Friday. And so Buffy, and they find out that she's not suicidal. It's just like she is psychic and she knows she's going to die. So Buffy tries to help her. And... I mean, that's the whole episode. She tries, but she fails. She saves her from the nefarious thing that, um, like these fucking stupid kids, stupid butch dude kids are trying to, um, they're going to sacrifice her to some demon so they can be rich forever. And she saves her from that. Um, and then as they're leaving, like a, an arrow almost hits her and she catches the arrow and breaks it. And then Cassie dies of a heart attack anyway. So that's the whole premise is that sometimes no matter what you do, someone's going to die anyway. I don't know if they were trying to, maybe they were trying to say something about suicide. Maybe they were trying to say, you know, sometimes you know, no matter what, you, you know, sometimes you can't help, you know, is that's the entire premise. Sometimes you can't help, but sorry, I'm rearranging things because I am like that. Cool. <laughs> sometimes you can't help. That's the whole point, but it wasn't executed that well, you know, truly. Um, just wasn't that good of an episode. So I see what they were trying to do, but they didn't do a great job, but somehow we need to talk about it. So here we go. Okay, cool. So let me consult my notes. Sorry, I'm messing with things on my desk here because I just rearranged some things today. And now that I'm just sitting here staring at things, it's um, distracting me. Okay, cool. Um, so Buffy is, there's just a lot of things in this episode that is just like, they're just annoying. So like the episode starts with Buffy, Xander, and Dawn are waiting in the mortuary. Um, or like the, I guess not the mortuary. It's the mortuary. Yeah, that's the right word. I was thinking of morgue. Um, yeah, mortuary. So they're waiting in like, you know, the funeral home and they're waiting in caskets for the people that work there to leave so they can catch a vampire, whatever it's. And you know, Michael had a good point. He was like, don't they usually have to rise from the dead? Like they haven't even had the funeral yet. And this one's going to rise right now in the funeral home. Like, <laughs> yeah. So whatever. Buffy slays a vampire at the 
funeral home slash mortuary or whatever. Um, and Buffy is nervous because she's about to start her first week um, actually talking to kids at school in her new guidance counselor job. And she's nervous about it. And Buffy's like, what if their problems are all weird and tricky? And Xander says, I think you underestimate your familiarity with the world of weird and tricky. So that was kind of almost the best moment in the entire episode right there. It's like, okay, we did it. Because <laughs> it's really not that great from here on out. So let's say, okay, so we do have object of the episode because Buffy has a couple of interesting things on her desk that I could not see clearly, but I could kind of see she had a, like a, some kind of rock or marble or some kind of rock, just some kind of rock cat statue that was probably like maybe eight inches tall. At first I thought it was a book end and maybe it is, but it, I think she was using it as a book end, but it was just like a cool cat statue. And then she also seemed to have like some kind of goddess statue on her desk too. It was like the kind of stuff that you might see Giles having on his desk. You know, it seemed kind of like, you know, librarian historian shit on her desk, which was just kind of cute because, you know, that that isn't really Buffy's style. So maybe those little touches were the prop department's way of saying Buffy's Buffy's becoming an adult. She's a little bit more mature now, whatever. So there you go. Object of the episode. Um, I already have some pretty cool cat statues. So since I can only pick one, I'll say whatever Buffy's goddess statue is, I want that. <clears throat> okay, cool. Um, so we get like this montage, not really montage, but cut together scene of Buffy talking to different students that come to talk to her or get sent to her or whatever. And it's, and Buffy's being pretty insightful for the most part, listening to kids. Um, it's not a terrible scene, but okay. This whole thing with the white tank top. Okay. I've got to, first of all, she's a professional working at a school and she is wearing not only just a nondescript white tank top, but it's like a really small white tank top. That's almost like it's, it's almost like it's a racer back, but in the front, it's really not that exaggerated but it's like, it's cutting in so far that you can see her bra. So her bra straps are showing at work in a professional setting when she is only a couple years older than the students at the high school. It's, I mean, I'm not a stickler for, you know, that kind of shit. I was the kid that was constantly getting sent home to change because I dressed like a slut, quote unquote. So, you know... I, I am not a, a prude when it comes to dressing trashy, quote unquote, because that's kind of my style, but I just found that odd. And, and on top of that, um, Cassie keeps saying, I mean, the whole point of that scene where she keeps saying that she likes Buffy's shirt is that 
it's to show that she actually does have some psychic, you know, she has the sight because she tells Buffy, I really do like your sh shirt. You should put a sweater on over, over it so you don't stain it. And then in the next scene, she spills coffee all over the shirt. But it's just like, it's like the script was written before they decided what shirt she would be wearing in this scene because it's just a white tank top. No one is going to compliment a white tank top and say, that's a really cool shirt. Where'd you get it? It's a fucking white tank top. <laughs> like, you know, um, and that is just a stupid thing that bugs me, you know? You know, like 90% of this podcast is me critiquing the fashion, but whatever. That's just what I like to do. <laughs> um, we get a scene between Willow and Xander, and Xander's just a counselor in this episode. You know, we just see him in two scenes. He's telling Buffy she can handle it at school, and he's telling Willow that she can handle life, essentially. So Willow's all worried about, you know about like the big e evil that's coming and they say the from beneath you it devours thing again in this episode um we still haven't seen jonathan and andrew which i thought we saw them in like the first or second second episode of the um season but apparently not because we're going to be ready for episode five in the next one and we still haven't seen them so um anyway i don't have a candle lit guys that's wrong let's let's fix that um, so this is just a, a scene to show that, you know, Willow is still really whiny right now. My mom's over it. She's like, oh my God, she's so whiny right now. <laughs> or was it Michael or was it both of them? Yeah. I mean, she is pretty whiny. It's, you know, it's, but it's really, it is consistent with Willow's character. So I get it. You know, I don't think that they're doing it wrong necessarily. Like Willow really like flogs herself whenever she's um, feeling guilty about something. That's what she does. That's her thing. Um, so there's that scene. Oh, um, it turns out we find out like it's just Willow and Xander walking somewhere outside. And then we see that she is he's kind of escorting her to the cemetery because she's there to see, to visit Tara's grave, which we would assume this would be the first time she's done that, right? Because she just got back. And before that, she was all crazy. Um, she was all evil Willow. So this is probably the first time she's gone to Tara's grave. And we see her birthday. Her birthday is October 16th, 1980, which makes her the same age as Buffy uh, but also makes her a Libra. And also, as of me taping this, I'm taping this on October 16th. Happy birthday, Tara. So, and it aired, this episode aired on October 15th. So, um, this, it makes, I mean, they don't mention it in the episode, but that was like one little little thing that I thought was cool. Like maybe they actually thought about that. Maybe they intentionally, um, visited, had this moment of Willow visiting Tara's grave on her birthday on purpose, which I just thought was a nice touch. Um, 
Oh, and an, another nice touch in this scene, we have little sound effects of crows in the background. I did not notice this when I was watching it without headphones, but when I watched it again today with headphones on, I could hear the crows in the background. And there's always crows in cemeteries, right? So I'm sure that was something that was added afterwards, unless they just recorded it in an actual cemetery and those were actual crow sound effects happening at the cemetery. Either way, it was cool. That was just... Those little moments are what you have to hold on to in this episode since it's really, I mean, it's not like if you're watching it without analyzing it, without sitting down and taking notes for a podcast like I do, then this episode's fine. It's fine. But yeah, it's okay. Just side note. Lately, I've been thinking that, you know, all of this, I mean, I like doing this podcast. I did it on purpose and I've never made a single cent from it. You know, I'm, I mean, unless you count, like if people have become my patron because of this podcast, but I don't think any of my patrons over on Patreon are here because of this podcast. So I've never made a single penny from this podcast. Um, so I am, all that is just to say, I'm doing this as a labor of love, right? And that is it. But lately I've been just in my life in general, I don't really like doing this kind of thing anymore. I mean, I like to sit down and talk about things that I like in general, but overall the sort of like the general concept of sitting around and picking apart a piece of entertainment is not something that I'm super into at the moment. Um, and I'm not going to quit. I'm too close to the end. I'm too close to the end. I'm going to, I'm going to continue at least, but I had the thought this week. I'm going to continue at least, I need to finish my fucking sentences through the end of season seven of Buffy, the end of the series. But I had this thought earlier this week. You know what? I could just not talk about season five of Angel. I'm still going to make you watch it, mom. I'm going to make you fucking watch it because <laughs> I really think it's fun. Um, so I'm still going to watch season five of Angel um, next year. But am I going to talk about it on the radio, on the podcast? I don't know because I never get feedback from anyone. Um, if you're listening, I really appreciate you listening and you are under no obligation to give me any kind of fucking feedback. But I, I just don't know if anyone cares you know, <laughs> and lately I'm not sure I want to, because lately I've been watching at night, like I usually watch one episode before bed of Bones, and if you haven't heard of it, you probably have, but if you haven't, it is this, like, show that came out in, like, the, it probably was out, like, 2005 to 2015 or something, somewhere around that era give or take a couple years, but it was, um, just a procedural forensic, sh like crime solving show, mystery show. And it had David Boreanaz and, um, Emily Deschanel. Um, and it, and it's not, I mean, some episodes are genuinely good, but Overall, it's not that good. You know, it's one of those fucking shows that's comforting because it's like by the end of the show, you know, they're going to have solved the 
murder mystery and they're going to be hanging out in a restaurant having a drink or a meal together and there's the sexual tension between the two main characters that finally resolves after like five seasons or whatever and all that stuff it's just comforting and I thought to myself like last night I think it's like what if I were doing a podcast on this it would be so infuriating because almost every episode there's some kind of like some kind of stupid jokes that don't age well or like you know just stuff there's lots of stuff that if I were picking it apart I would be picking it apart you know what I mean um so just this this idea in general of just like as regular citizens and human beings on planet earth these days we are expected to review every single purchase that we make um just like the amount of like everyone's opinions coming at you at all times and you also being expected to give your opinion at all times is just it's too much <laughs> anyway <laughs> thank you for listening to my Buffy podcast <laughs> oh my god anyway let's move on <laughs> um Buffy has a conversation with Principal Wood after she talks to Cassie and Cassie just basically says you know I'm gonna die next Friday and Buffy's not sure if this is like a mystical thing or if um Cassie's suicidal so she goes to talk to Principal Wood afterwards and he he kind of just shrugs her off I mean I don't think that's what we're supposed to take away from this conversation we're supposed to think that he cares and shit but basically he's just like yeah I mean you can't see into their brains we don't really know what they're gonna do we always you know we just go through the same shit over and over again every time something like this happens etc etc um so it's not very encouraging um but that's that's the conversation <laughs> I don't know and that's when she like spills coffee all over her shirt and she also has this little moment where she says I don't usually get a heads up before someone dies and he reacts like what do you mean usually so at this point they're really not they're really not giving you any nods to who Principal Wood is and I'm sure they knew at this point already surely they knew who he was and I think he's supposed to know that she's the slayer I'm pretty sure he's supposed to know but they're not letting on that he knows yet they're not even giving us little breadcrumbs that we would see later once we know they're they're just not at all so I don't know if maybe they just hadn't figured it out yet in the writing I don't know it's just this episode is just poorly written um poorly executed anyway um Buffy sends Dawn to like you know make friends with Cassie to like you know kind of see behind the scenes of Cassie's life to see if she really is suicidal or what um and so we get some scenes between like Dawn and Cassie and Dawn and Cassie and her friend Mike who's been asking her to the dance and she's been saying no and you know he thinks that she's just rejecting him but really she's saying no because and she even says this to Dawn I'm not going to be around that night she doesn't tell Dawn that she's gonna die but Dawn knows this because Buffy sent her to talk to her but Dawn knows this 
but I don't think Cassie ever tells her, which is interesting. At least she's not putting that burden. She's not putting that burden on everyone she meets or anything like that. Um, Willow finds Cassie's blog and there's a bunch of poetry on there. This episode spends a stupid amount of time, like in voiceover reading Cassie's poetry. (laughs) Um, it's like, yeah, that's, uh, that's some teenager poetry. Cool. I mean, mine was never that good, but, (laughs) and also her website is very well designed. I don't think websites were that well designed. Generally speaking, the random teenage girl would have had a blog on like live journal or something back in 2002 and it wouldn't have looked this good. This was, this was a professional website according to 2002 standards. Um, but whatever, that's just me being nitpicky as usual. Um, so they find her poetry. Willow makes a little passing comment about her, her angsty poetry, um, back whenever she was a teenager, because Willow makes a good point. She's like, this is pretty normal teenage girl stuff, you know, like this doesn't raise any red flags to me. So that was interesting. Uh, Normally an episode of television like this, that would not be said, but that is true. And I'm I'm glad that she said it. Um, But Willow makes a passing comment about her Doogie Howser fanfic that she used to make (laughs) and also love poems. And Xander's like, love poems? And Willow's like, I'm over you now, sweetie. Um, Buffy, they find out that, like, Buffy, or Cassie's dad, has a history of, like, drunk and disorderly and, like, violent stuff when he's been drinking. So Buffy and Xander go over to his house to talk to him in the middle of the night, which is ridiculous, but whatever. Um, and then whenever she comes outside, Cassie's waiting for her and she's outside her dad's house, which she is only supposed to go see her dad once a month, but she was waiting outside his house for some reason, I guess just because she knew because she's psychic. Yeah. I guess she just knew the Buffy was there and met her there. That's what happened. Um, she's like, it's not him. It's not my dad. Um, and maybe she was also coming to see him since she wasn't going to see him again before she died. Maybe. I don't know. Um, something that her dad says I didn't like whenever Buffy was talking to him, like she's not the sharpest apple in the barrel or something like that. And it's like, why would you say that about your own daughter? Like we're supposed to think that this guy is actually not a bad guy, but he said something like that. Again, I think the writing is just bad in this episode. Um, Cassie has this whole speech whenever she sees Buffy outside, this whole touching speech about how, so we find out for sure that she is not going to be taking her own life. I mean, we, I think we were supposed to think that by this point, but in this moment, she really brings it home. She's like, I would really love to, you know, there's all kinds of things I want to do with my life. I don't want to die. And, you know, she has this touching speech and for her, to her credit, the actor that played Cassie is very good. She, 
she's the only reason why this episode has any resonance, really. I mean, not just her. I mean, there's other good actors in this episode. Obviously, we have Sarah Michelle Gellar um, and Michelle Trachtenberg. Lots of scenes with Dawn where she's really bringing it home. But other than that, if it wasn't for them, if they hadn't cast Cassie well, and they did, then this episode would really fall flat, I think. Um, we find out that it's, it's, whoever that guy, I think his name was Brad in Home Improvement. He was the oldest brother in, um, the oldest kid in Home Improvement. He is the guy that is heading up this fucking, like, cult thing where they're trying to get money. It's basically like the kids from the episode from the very early episode of Buffy that was either season one or season two um, that was like worshiping a snake demon in their basement and they had to sacrifice like three girls once a year or something. You know, it's basically the 2002 version of that situation, <laughs> essentially. Anyway, um, Buffy goes to the basement to talk to Spike. There's also some like continuity errors, like earlier in, like earlier in the episode, we find out that it's Friday and that's the day that Cassie knows she's going to die. And then it's nighttime and then it's daytime again, but it's not Saturday. It's still Friday. It's whatever. It's just this episode is... Badly edited, badly executed. You know, it might even be most... The dialogue is kind of bad, too. So, yeah, I think it's badly written, badly edited, at the very least. Might not have been badly directed. I I don't have the episode guide in front of me. Like, fucking whatever. So, I don't know who wrote it, who directed it, whatever. I'm really phoning it in here today, today guys. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Buffy goes to talk to Spike. And he's crazy in the basement still. How long are they going to draw this out? When does he get out of the basement? I don't remember. I don't remember when he gets out of the basement. Does he ever go back to his crypt? Are we supposed to think that now that he has a soul, he doesn't want to go back to his crypt? I don't know. I don't get that. I mean, Clem was watching it for him, so he probably could still occupy his crypt, right? Like, what the fuck? So Buffy goes to talk to him. He doesn't know anything. But, okay, here's another little breadcrumb in this episode of something that I like. Um, so Spike is, you know, being crazy in the basement. And Buffy is trying to talk to him. And he says, William is a bad man. I hurt the girl. So I didn't realize this before, but I think we're still supposed to think that Spike is just you know, like, yeah, he feels bad about, like, all the pain that he's caused since he became a vampire, blah, blah, blah. But that was more Angel's reaction to getting a soul. Angel's reaction to getting a soul was just feeling bad about everyone he had ever hurt and being plagued by all of them. And that's happening to Spike to some extent now that he's gotten a soul. But what's mostly happening to Spike is his preoccupation with the guilt that he feels over attempting to rape Buffy. Him saying, William is a bad man, I hurt the girl. Like, I have to pay, I hurt the girl. He starts, like, hitting himself. I, 
have to pay. I hurt the girl, you know, all this stuff. And I kind of liked that, just this realization. I kind of, because I didn't have that realization before this time watching it, that he really is, they're not, excuse me, they're not just throwing away this whole Spike attempted to rape Buffy. They're not throwing away that plot point. They are actually giving it the weight that it deserves. So pretty great for it being 2002, right? They are giving it the weight. And Buffy is not telling him that she forgives him or any of that bullshit. Even though she empathizes with how much pain that he's in right now, she they're not giving us that. They're not like closing the book on that situation and trying to move on from it quickly. So props to that, at least. Um, yeah, this moment of like some, the Brad guy distracts Dawn for a second. It's, it's after school and Dawn and Cassie are walking together. It's after school on Friday. So this is the day that Cassie's going to die. And, um, Brad distracts Dawn long enough for somebody else to like grab Cassie, I guess, but it's after school and there are people everywhere. All they would have had to have done for this scene to work is for it to sort of them be in some kind of isolated area outside or something where the only people that you see are this Brad I mean, I don't know his name in the show. I don't know if they even name him. But this Brad guy, Don, and Cassie. If all we saw was the, were those three characters, the scene would have been believable. But there were people walking by everywhere. So Cassie would have reacted to getting drug away. And even if they were covering her mouth so you couldn't hear her while Brad was distracting Don. Anyway, it's just this episode does not hold up under any kind of scrutiny is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, and then we get the scene with everybody sitting in the circle, like summoning the demon, you know, the whole frat boy situation thing, even though they're not frat boys because they're still in high school. Um, it turns out Buffy is one of the hooded figures, which their faces weren't even covered. Yeah, they had hoods, but their faces weren't even covered. And Buffy suddenly stands up like 10 minutes into the scene. I mean, not literally, but you know, <laughs> she wouldn't have waited that long. They were already being very threatening towards Cassie and like they were about to kill her and she waits until like the last possible second just for dramatic effect. Anyway, whatever. This episode doesn't hold up to any kind of scrutiny is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, Buffy's fighting, like the demon actually shows up that they summoned. See, Buffy wouldn't have waited for them to summon the demon. She would have revealed herself before that moment. I mean, it's just a bunch of high school kids. She can take them out in a second. Like, why did she wait so long? Because TV. But the demon shows up, Buffy's fighting the demon and she's fighting the high school kids and she's trying to save Cassie. Spike shows up to help which is nice. And he looks all cleaned up. Like, I don't know how he's doing it. It's like his hair looks freshly bleached every time he shows up in a sane quote unquote moment. It's like, okay, whatever. So Spike shows up to help. And despite his intense neurological pain at 
hurting a human, which the high school kid, the Brad kid, is human. Despite his intense neurological pain, because his chip is still working, it's like every time they show us that, it's just a reminder, yes, his chip is still working. Um, despite his intense neurological pain, he continues, he fights the kid. Um, he doesn't kill him or anything, but he fights the kid. And there's this one little moment where you think maybe he's going to kill this kid, but he doesn't. Um, what else? So I have so few notes for this episode, guys. Buffy sets fire to the demon in the library, but it stays, it's digital fire. It's, it's CGI fire, so it only burns the demon. No big deal. Doesn't catch any books on fire. It's okay. <laughs> um, and then Cassie. So Spike is like untying Cassie as Buffy's like setting the demon on fire. And she says to Spike, she'll tell you. Someday she'll tell you. And this is referring to if this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast, it's not spoiler free. This is referring to the last episode of the entire series where uh, Spike is getting ready to sacrifice himself to be the champion of the people. And Buffy tells him that she loves him. And he says, no, you don't. But thanks for saying it. That's this moment that Cassie is referring to here. Um, so that's nice, but <laughs> I don't know. And then we get the moment where, like, Buffy's just saved Cassie. Then she's leading her out. And, um, you know, it looks like it's the last scene of the episode where they're about to just, like, laugh. Oh, my God, I can't believe I just died. That's so cool. Thank you for saving me, blah, blah, blah. An arrow comes at her face and Buffy catches it. And then Cassie, like, looks at her and, like, starts to put her hair behind her ears. Just, like, this affectionate, sweet little moment. Like maybe she's about to say thank you or something. But I think Cassie in this moment knows that she's going to die. I think she knows still. She knows that she's still going to. You know, she looks resolved in this moment. And um, again, at least, at least she's a good actor, <laughs> you know? Um, and then she just suddenly collapses onto the floor and she's dead. So it was like a heart condition situation. So no matter what, she was going to die. And so then there's a scene with um, everybody sitting around at Buffy's house later. I don't even, I don't know if Xander's there. Xander might not be there in this last episode, which would be fine because he doesn't live there. Um, but it's Buffy, Willow, and Dawn sitting on the couch and they're just talking about how sad it is that she was going to die anyway and Buffy's like, I failed her, which is stupid. She wouldn't say I failed her because she did everything she could. Like, I don't even think that Buffy would say I failed her in this situation. You know, I, I anyway. And Dawn's like, no, you didn't because you tried. And the takeaway is, I guess sometimes you can't help. And then there's this extra scene for no reason where, I mean, I don't think it was, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get why they had this last scene in there. It's just Buffy going to work the next day, I guess. We see her walk into her office, sit down, like open up a little file folder 
and look at it for a second and then close it and then just kind of stare off into the distance. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that did not have the emotional impact that you wanted it to have guys. <laughs> so I am kind of curious as to who wrote and directed this episode. Like, is it one of the normal names? Okay. I'll go, I'll go get the book. I'll go. <laughs> written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner, who has written a lot of episodes of Buffy, if I remember correctly. So I don't know. I don't know why this one sucks. Does she usually suck? Because I know she's written other episodes of Buffy. I'm flipping back to see. She wrote Hell's Bells. She wrote the episode of Anya and Xander's Wedding. So that was not a badly written episode. Maybe it's the director. <clears throat> director is Rick Rosenthal. I don't recognize that name. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm not like, I'm not a scholar on the Buffy facts. You know, I really am not. But anyway, um, cool. <laughs> All right, then next episode. Oh, wait, we need to do ratings, right? Oh my God. I just put my notebook away. I just put it back on the shelf. I already told you object of the episode. There was no outfit of the episode. Like, well, no, that's not true. Cassie at one point was wearing a knee length black skirt that had like an interesting, like sort of geometric glittery pattern on it. And like a baby doll black t-shirt with black Converse shoes it was a very simple outfit, but it's the kind of thing that I would have worn to school back in that. I mean, I was, I graduated in 2001, but you know, I would have worn that to school. Um, it was definitely the type of outfit that I was wearing in 2002 <laughs> is the point. Um, so I'm going to give outfit of the episode to her. There was no quote of the episode. Maybe Xander saying, I think saying to Buffy, I think you underestimate your, um, familiarity with the world of weird and, and tricky, weird and tricky. Yeah. So that maybe is the quote of the episode. MVP is, I mean, Buffy, she tried as hard as she could. I mean, everybody was on their game this episode. It's just like, no matter even doing, even when everyone's doing their best, sometimes somebody's still going to die. That's the whole point of this episode, I guess. So no MVP really five by five. I'm going to give this episode a two because really, truly, if I wasn't scrutinizing it, I mean, I wouldn't feel like it was my favorite episode or anything, but I would just be like, Oh, okay. You know, I would have because the acting was good, I would have the emotional reactions that I was supposed to have. And then I would go on to the next episode, drama free, but so I'll give it a two. Um, so next week we're going to talk about, um, I just noticed in the, the chick that plays Halfrick, her first name is Kali, like the goddess. I love that. <laughs> I wonder if that's her birth name or if that's just like her stage name. Either way, she's fucking cool. Um, next episode is Selfless. I believe this is the one where we get some Anya stuff happening. When Anya wreaks vengeance and leaves a dozen frat boys dead, Buffy realizes she'll have to do something drastic to stop her. So this is a really, 
this is a good episode. I'm excited about this one. So I will see you guys in a week where we will talk about an episode all about Anya. Okay. Thanks for listening to this train wreck. Bye.